Okay, good afternoon everybody. Great to see everybody. Uh, we don't have Kelsey with us today because she was up till 3.30 last night. Still kind of in kind of maybe kind of pre-labor. And so, uh, you know, let's... Uh, Give our compassion to Jake, because I'm sure he was up till 3.30 as well. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, great to see everybody. If you're visiting with us today, we've been doing a series on the seven people who can help you to heaven. And we talked about the visionary. Got to have a visionary in your life. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, our clicker has gone missing. So hopefully the PowerPoint and I will be in sync and uh, we'll see what happens. The second week, we had the prophet, and then we had the encourager. We all like that person in our life, don't we? You know, like telling Dr. Lewis Moya, you are so awesome, bro. You're like the greatest dentist ever. Does a great job. And then the advisor, and, you know, a little clarification on the advisor. You know, sometimes you can have a lot of advisors, right, to help you make a clear decision and then the mentor, and then today's lesson, you know, the advisor, the mentor, and then today is the learner. Uh, those last three lessons are pretty intertwined, but there's a very important reason why we all need to have people we're teaching in our lives, and there's benefits spiritually to it, and we're going to talk about that today, the, the spiritual benefits and the wise. Why do I need to really try to have people in my life that I'm sharing God's wisdom with? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's go ahead and have a prayer, and then we'll continue on. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to come before you and study your word as a congregation. Uh, Father, I pray that our hearts will be humble, our minds attentive, and God, you'll help us to grow and learn as we live our lives to please you. We love you, God, and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, Matthew 28, scripture we're all very familiar with. Did we find another one? Sweet. Is it hooked up? Awesome. Go make disciples. And of course, we learned uh, last week, and I think the week before that, that that word means learners of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. So we're all called to teach. Okay, if we're a disciple of Jesus Christ, we've been given the challenge or the charge by Jesus to be actively teaching people to obey Christ. Amen? So that's something we're all supposed to do in our lives. So we know that's biblical. We're not just making that up, right? Oh, did I go backwards? I did. Okay. All right. Second of all, the Word of God, Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay, Jesus said when we take his word and we put it into practice, we're going to be wise. Your life's going to get built. Doesn't mean you're never going to have challenges. That's a a misconception about the gospel that if you follow Jesus, you'll never have a problem. That's not true. Our brothers and sisters in the first century 
had to deal with extreme uh, uh, persecution. But Jesus says that if we build our life on his word, we're going to be wise and it's going to be like a rock of a foundation. And the question I have for you is, do you believe that? Do you believe in the power of God's word? Now, for sake of time, I know there's a lot of people in here who could come up and share right now. And I've shared a little bit about my own life, and I'm going to share a little bit more right now just to remind you of how powerful God is. Okay? I grew up in an alcoholic family. My parents were abusive. Okay? They did not parent. There was no parenting in my house. We went our own way, did our own things, and unfortunately, what does that lead to when you're an adolescent? A lot of sin. Okay? A lot of confusion. My parents had a horrible marriage. They didn't know how to talk through problems. They would fight and argue, and eventually they divorced. There was so much stress in my home. My junior year of high school, I actually moved out of the house, and my parents said, okay, we'll see you later. And fortunately, I was able to uh, work and finish high school, but I was, I, I was messed up. I did not have a good foundation whatsoever. I was confused about relationships, what it meant to be a man. And then, fortunately, some people started sharing the Bible with me. I started reading the Bible. And it's amazing what the Word of God can do in your life. Now, the Word of God will challenge you. Right? Because Jesus lived a challenging life. He was amazing. And so when we commit to following the Word, it's going to challenge but also revolutionize our life. And Wendy and I are living testimonies of that. Her, her mom was married three times. She didn't really understand that concept. Fortunately, the last one stuck. She married a really nice man. He's a really nice guy. But she also grew up in a situation where she had no clue what it meant to really be married and all that kind of stuff. And God's Word has completely changed and revolutionized our lives. So, you know, the Word of God's powerful. Do you believe that? So, we've been called to teach. If we believe the Word's powerful, then, man, we got to share that, right? It's got to be our desire and our conviction to share it with others. And I'm not just talking about going out and meeting people you've never met. I'm talking about even right here in the congregation. Okay? Peter says, come on, there we go. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Okay? I love this scripture because it, it challenges us to know the word. It's going to be hard to answer people's questions if we don't really know the Bible, right? The Bible has answers. The Bible makes sense. The things in the Bible are true and right and good. But just remember, our job is to do that with gentleness and respect, right? We're not to hammer people with the Word of God. We're to share it out of love with them. Amen? So we have a pretty solid foundation as to why we need to be sharing the Word of God with people. We were called to teach. 
Okay? The Word of God's powerful. And Peter said, hey, you better be ready. You better be ready. So we have a good, uh, solid foundation. But then we also have an incredible why. Eventually. There we go. It is more blessed to give than receive. Paul said that Jesus said that to him. That the Lord said it's more blessed to give than receive. Okay, do we believe that? So the question is, are we paying it forward? Do we believe that it's more blessed to give than receive? That's what Jesus was all about, right? He was constantly giving. And do we believe that? Do we believe it's a blessing? That's the why. Man, we're going to be blessed. Does that mean, you know, we're going to win the lottery? No, that's not what God's talking about. He's talking about the wholeness of the human being and what God can do in our hearts and our minds and our lives as we give. And, you know, we have a number of great uh, examples in the congregation that we can look to and go, you know what, I really admire that. And I could share a few of them, but the one that pops in my mind that just sticks out like a light bulb is Darren Yester. I mean, he's always getting with people. Always, always, always. In fact, we got together on Thursday, and during our time together, he goes, you know, uh, I appreciate you giving me some counsel, brother. And, you know, I probably need to open myself up a little more to letting people counsel me too, which is a truism. But that just tells you his heart. He's always trying to help people. And, you know, I love and respect Darren. He's an incredible example. I would go to war with him. I love being in the congregation with him because of his example. Of course, Nikki's right there with him. They are givers, and that's who we should be. Amen? Okay. This thing's a little slow, but we'll get there. So, are you paying it forward? Okay, we don't want to just go through scriptures and talk about theory. We want to put things into practice. Because what did the scripture say when you put it into practice? Are you paying it forward? And I want to clarify something. I'm not just talking about sharing the word with your family members. Okay, we can get pretty comfortable, right? And those of you that are a little bit behind Wendy and I in the parenting process, uh, I just want you to know it doesn't end when they go off to college. Okay, you may be thinking, oh, they're going to go off to college, I'm done. No. In fact, it uh, it gets a little more challenging because then you really got to come up with your your really good arguments in a really good way so they'll hear you. You know what I'm saying? But we're not talking about your family. I want to know, are you getting with somebody consistently and trying to share your love for God and God's Word with them? And it doesn't even have to be somebody that's, quote-unquote, a disciple already. It could be a teen in the church. It could be a single. It could be somebody in your family group. But are you doing that? Right? There's benefits to it, and that's what I'm going to get into, and I want you to understand. There are benefits when we have people in our life that we're trying to teach and help grow and mature. There are great benefits to it. And I think we have a lot of people doing it, but not all of us are doing it. And you know what? We need all of us to do it. 
Because that makes the church powerful. That makes the church strong. That helps everybody know that we're all in this together and we're all heading in the right direction and we all have something to offer. Are you with me there? Okay, so let's talk about God's plan here. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. Okay? We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Now, there's two sides to this scripture right here. And I want to talk about the person that is mentoring side first. Right? Are you being an example? So if I'm going to go help somebody, I probably need to be a good example, right? I need to be an example for their life. And so what is the benefit to us when that's reality? Well, you got to be a little more on your toes, right? If you're getting all comfortable and I don't, you know, hey, I think I'm doing all right. And you're not really examining your life, watching your life and doctrine. And, you know, if you're not getting with anybody and trying to help them, you're probably not going to watch your life and doctrine that much because nobody's looking at you. Right? Now, I know this uh, very specifically as a teacher that a really good teacher is going to have this attitude of reflecting on how their classes go every day. Right? Because the goal is to be an effective teacher and to ask yourself through assessment and feedback, how how did that go? What can I do better? How can I better share this knowledge I have with my students? Right? And so that needs to be us. And so when I'm in the teaching mode, I have to look at myself and go, how am I doing? How am I doing? And Paul says this, Somewhere. Hello. Okay. Am I the trainer being a good example? That's the question. Paul says, "Uh uh-oh, baby, the baby's coming. Oh, that's Chris. Chris, are you guys having a baby? Okay, just checking. The Apostle Paul says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So as the trainer, we have to be a good example, right? That's important. It's important as an example, you know, especially in parenting. Sometimes you got to sit your kids down and you got to apologize. Okay. A lot of times it's you sitting them down and drawing them out and having a good talk with them, trying to help them. But sometimes, because we reflect, oh, I wasn't a good example. We have to sit our children down and apologize and say, you know, uh, Mom and I want to apologize. And we've done that with Carly. We sat down with her and apologized. We weren't being a good example. We're sorry. And that is a good thing. And we can't see that as a negative. And unfortunately, some of us look at it like this. Whoa, the the magnifying glass is on me. If I'm trying to help people, i got to be perfect now. They're going to see me. They're going to see my flaws. Okay? No. You don't have to be perfect. It's not a perfect life. 
it's a something a faithful life. That's what it's all about. Pressing on. You know, one of the greatest lessons we can teach people about following Jesus is we're not perfect, but we press on. We press on toward the goal. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to become better. I'm trying to give God more glory in my life as I live for Him. And that is a good thing. That's not a negative. That's not a, oh my gosh, I don't want the pressure of trying to help somebody out. That's a positive thing in your life when you're trying to teach others and you're aware, hey, I need to be a good example. Right? So let's say you're going to sit down a younger disciple in the congregation. You're going to have a hard time saying, you know, uh, Joe... How's your prayer life if your prayer life stinks? Right? So these are good things. Like, hey, I need to be a good example for the people in my life. I need to help them. But it's not perfection. It's faithful. Right? And you know, when we're trying to do that, uh, it's so exciting. So recently we had Steve and Kristen become disciples here. And the uh, Schifferstein family reached out to them. Cody met him at the karate studio. And I got to tell you, it was so encouraging, not just to see Steve and Kristen's transformation, but really to see Barry and Beth. I mean, they were so nervous when they were going to lead the first study. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know. And, you know, when you're doing your first study kind of like that and you're nervous, you know, you can like go and go and go, right? But it was amazing watching the transformation in their confidence as they were sharing God's word with Steve and Kristen over the period of time and just seeing how they were reaching out and loving them and teaching them. And that's so encouraging. And that's actually part of the blessing of sharing the word with others. Amen. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Let me go back to the other side of the coin here. That some of us probably need to think about. Okay? So the teachers have to be an example. they got to teach. But then we need the other side of the coin. Are we receiving? Okay? Are we receiving? Are we letting it in? Are we growing? Or is it going in one ear and out the other? This is a part of the process. This is the cycle of giving and receiving. And if you notice there in the top left-hand corner, it does what? Yeah. And that's the ultimate goal. We want to glorify God by loving each other, sharing, taking it in, and then being able to turn around and share. Right? That's God's goal is that we all keep being built up in unity to glorify God as we become what He wants us to be. And so, you know, there's a question that we all got to ask ourselves. You know, are you eager to receive instruction? Right? Because if somebody wants to help you and you you put the walls up, it's kind of a bummer. We'll just call that a bummer. Somebody Somebody wants to share with you, help you, give you wisdom... And the walls go up, right? You know, it's kind of interesting, and I'm just sharing this because I want us all to learn. 
Wendy and I are pretty good at our finances. We're pretty good at them. Okay? You know, it's a rarity when somebody actually comes to us and asks us for financial advice. Because it's pretty common knowledge that we'll challenge you to make some pretty radical, sacrificial type decisions. Because that's how you get to, you know, being free. You got to make really tough decisions now so that later you're free. Amen? So are we eager to receive instruction? You guys still with me? Okay. Just checking. We're getting a little quiet there. I know it's a serious subject, but it's still good. All right. So if we're not receiving instruction, then, you know, we're just following the crowd, right? I don't know where you're going, but from the look of the crowd, it's got to be good. Okay. I especially want to appeal to our young people. Okay. It's so easy to just get swept up and follow the crowd and not really stop and think and take things in and think deeply about your choices and where you're headed. And that's not a good thing. So you have to be willing to receive instruction. U.S. statistics. This is interesting. Okay? We have $793 billion in credit card debt in America in 2019. Woo! The average uh, debt is $15,799, okay? 56% of households carry an unpaid balance. That's the majority of people. They have an unpaid balance. So remember, all these statistics are being averaged out. So that would mean that 56% of people with unpaid balance probably are carrying like $30,000 in credit card debt at 14 to 18% interest. But see, that's normal. Right? And that's kind of how society is. We kind of jump off the cliff and do things that everybody thinks is normal and whatnot. Again, kind of crazy when you consider a mortgage rate for a 30-year loan is only 3.5%. So I can go borrow $500,000 for 3.5%, or I can put stuff on my credit card for 14 to 18%. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Plus, also... Credit card, you can't write off on your taxes, whereas mortgage interest, you can't. But it's normal in America to do that. Uh, we recently had a neurologist at Palm Desert Charter Middle School from Eisenhower come out, did an amazing presentation. And, of course, we know for people under 30 is the largest group of people that use marijuana under 30 years old. This neurologist got up and he said to all of our students, he go, I don't care what anybody's trying to tell you in the media. Marijuana damages your brain. Right? And yet we still get hordes of young people because other people are doing it. I'm going to try it. They're doing it. I'm going to do it. But see, that that's not a wise way to live your life. Okay? So we got to be receiving wisdom. Right? It's not just going to happen. You got to receive it and want it. Amen? Okay. A big purpose of having learners in your life 
And Philippians 1, 25 through 26 says, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and join the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Paul talks about, man, what a great joy it is to see your progress in the faith. It's so encouraging when people are growing. I mentioned uh, Barry and Beth earlier. It was so encouraging to just see them grow in their ability to share the Word of God with Steve and Kristen. I'm not sure where Steve and Kristen are. Let's see them. But watching them take in the Word and grow and their relationship with God was so much fun. And, you know, that's part of the process. Really, as we're giving, we're receiving back because people grow and that's exciting. Parents, do you like it when you see your children growing? That's exciting, isn't it? And so when we see that, we get to be a part of that. So that's really awesome in our lives. Okay, now let's talk about reality. Okay? Right? Because we can't just sit up here and talk about how wonderful and great it all is. We're going to talk about some reality right now. Over here in Colossians 1. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. See, that's what we're called to do, right? we got to teach and share. And, I mean, come on. Who doesn't love doing that when people are receptive? Right? Isn't that great when somebody's taking it in? Like, you're feeling great about it. You know, I have this one class. Second period. I got these four knuckleheaded boys in there. Oh my gosh. So I got 30 kids in there. 26 of them were like, yes, teach us, Mr. Hammond. I got four boys in there. Man, if they could focus for more than 60 seconds, something good just happened. Okay? When people are taking it in, we're fired up. But it's a struggle when they're not. Believe it or not, this is actually a benefit to you, the teacher. Why? Look what he says here. So that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. It's going to cause us to be more prayerful. Right? You know, I will pray on the way to school. Say, God, help me with these four boys. First and foremost, God, give me patience so that I can continue to try to connect with them. Help me to connect with them. Help me to have healthy boundaries for them. Give me the tools to reach them. Right? One of the benefits of really trying to help people is you're going to have to rely on God. And again, it's easy to get comfortable. Just have a group of people around us that, you know, seem super receptive and whatnot, right? Even in our parenting, it's a lot easier to gravitate towards the kid that's compliant and listens and all that stuff. And then the other one over here, like, okay, we got to sit little Johnny down and have a talk with him. Look at Paul's heart. 
He said, we, we are admonishing and teaching everyone. We want to present them fully mature in Christ. And I need the power of God to accomplish this. Right? When we come up against stuff that causes our flesh to come out, there's only one answer. Prayer. You've got to pray. Right? And it's so easy to get comfortable in our lives spiritually. But we need God. We need to be close to God to patiently teach other people. Right? We need that. We're a little bit results-oriented. Our culture is results-oriented. I'm certainly results-oriented. And it's going to cause us to rely on God more when we're trying to intentionally help people, right? And we need that. We can't run away from it. All right, so the question today is, are you paying it forward? Right? Everybody here has received a lot from somebody. I know I have. I've had so many awesome brothers in my life over the years. Got to get close to elders in San Diego, We've all had people give. And so the question is, are we paying it forward? And if not, will you? Who can you consistently get with to give to? I mean, you don't have to figure it out today, but who can you, who can you go, hey, you know what? Who gets with that person? Let me find out if somebody's getting with them. Let me be that person. Let me share my heart. Let me share my things that I've learned. They don't have to be a disciple. We got a big family here, right? Maybe it is going to be somebody in your family group. But we benefit when we're in the teacher's role, okay? It's more blessed to give and receive. It causes us to really think about being a good example. We get to participate in people's growth, which is encouraging. And lastly, It will make you rely on God more when you're really trying to help people. And you will become more prayerful. Things to consider as you get with people. A couple things I would like to just give you. Okay? Where is the person at in life? What do they need? That in and of itself, that question will cause you to pray about that person. Right? What is an area or areas you can help them with? What, you know, share your strengths. You're really good at something. Share it. Help that person to become strong in that area. Right? In what areas does the person want help? You know, sometimes you, a good thing to do is just ask the person. You know, I'd like to get with you on a consistent basis and help you out spiritually, school, whatever. Where do you feel like you need help? How can I help you? Right? Because when people say things like that, they're going to be more receptive and take it in and, and receive the help. Amen? Okay, so we're going to transition to communion. Jesus was the perfect example of being a patient, loving teacher. Right? He went through trials. He didn't give up on people. 
He always brought them back to the will and the way and the word of God. And so, hey, you know what? Nobody in this room is perfect, right? So this is the time when we, we go to the cross and we say, Jesus, thank you for being that for me. Help me to see the areas of my life where I'm not being that for others. And forgive me. And inspire me, God, to want to be like Jesus for other people. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Jesus being the incredible example of giving his life away. Father, fill us with your spirit that we'll have the energy and the love and the conviction to do likewise. Father, open our eyes that we can see the ways that we fall short. And God, even now, through your spirit, work out relationships where we can all be involved, where we're helping others to grow and that we're sharing the word of God with. Father, thank you for Jesus' body, broken, and he paid the penalty for our sin. Thank you for the blood that was poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. God, we're grateful to be able to take communion now in remembrance of Jesus, and in his name we pray, amen.